Before we start this episode of Real Rap, respect due to the new listener. Respect. Respect due to the veterans of Real Rap. Respect. And respect to the whack dudes, because see, y'all need to share this with them. With them. Expanding minds, because see, y'all already on like a higher level of existence. Of course. So look. You can get Real Rap, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Subscribe. For all you RSS people out there, boom. DanStatus.Podbean.com. Follow on Twitter. Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Facebook. Okay, I shouldn't have to say this stuff, but you know, I got to remind you people to do this. Of course. Now let's start the show. Because even though people might feel like some of my raps appeal more to like suburban white kids which is unfortunate because not to say that i don't make it for them too but a lot of times it's targeted for people of the slums you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's just that they've been conditioned not to listen to certain types of music you know what i mean yeah like 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 on on, On on a mass scale. scale the secrets of the rap game exposed this is real rap we got Charlie Slum on deck, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah! Today we talked about a lot of things, but then again, with all guests, we talk about a lot of things. Yeah, that's why the highlight of this show is simple. Simple. You gotta beef with Stacey Dash. Yep. We talked about life itself. Of course. We talked about how here in the birds, he's under the radar. Very. But we talked about how he takes care of his grandfather. So let's listen. Hey. Yeah, but I mean. It's, it, it's, it's no walk in the park, man. Like, I mean, I mean it, it, it's, it's like a, it puts me, at, I can't say it puts me in a hard place, but it's, it's real paradoxical mm. because financially and even before his dementia got bad, as far as transportation, nobody helped me out with music more than my grandfather. Mm. Like, hands down, like, like, I'd like to say that I'm very self-made, but all the equipment that I have or not all the equipment, but some of the most expensive equipment I have, whenever I lost my job and he saw how serious I was with it, he was like, here. You know what I mean? Like, nobody else did that. Mm. I mean, I mean, not, not to knock my dad. My dad didn't do it. Nobody, nobody else in my family do it. Nobody that said that they took interest in the music does it. And he don't listen to rap. And at that time, he, I mean, I mean, he, especially now, at that time, even he didn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? As far as the music, that, even aside from dementia, I, I'm in a different world than he is. So, but on the flip side, and it's not that I take him as a burden, but I can't do certain things because I got to care for him. But I mean, that's the way it's got to go because he's done so much for me. You know what I mean? Mm. I figure whatever whatever shortcomings I have to face because I'm taking care of him, that's just what had to come because he did so much to propel me to where I am now. Not to say that I'm huge, but I've gotten I've gotten somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, dude, look, man. Like I said, I've been watching you for a minute, right? And you've been making moves. Yeah. Okay. First of all, you guys a beat from Ski. Yeah. Even I'm like, how the fuck he do this shit, man? Yeah. I'm like, and not only did you get a beat, you know what I'm saying? The beat's hot, and what you spit was hot. Yeah, I appreciate okay. that. I appreciate. You know that. what I'm saying? Um, your one video, um, uh, the one on um, World Star. I, I got, I got, I got two. I got, I got the old one, the Netherlands. Yeah. Which was the yeah yeah, yeah that one. I. Then you got the uh, the new one. On yeah, the, yeah, the conversation. You're you're slept on here in this town. Yeah, definitely. Okay. You slept on. Definitely. But you making like some serious moves for someone who slept. How it's, you doing it though? It, I mean, I think I, I, I just did a I just did a UK interview. Like there was a blog out in the UK called Hip Hop Informant, and they were just asking me like how much Pittsburgh plays a part in my music. And I don't think a lot of people realize it, but Pittsburgh plays a heavy role in my music. I talk about a lot of Pittsburgh shit, a lot of the experiences I have, whether or not I'm speaking directly as far as like streets or whatever, they come from Pittsburgh. It's mm. from the perspective of a Pittsburgher. But because I fit in with so many groups in Pittsburgh, or I don't fit in with so many groups, you know what I mean? They don't, like here, people don't know how to label me. You know what I mean? Because I have a street, and I guess you could call gangster type, a background and my first raps were that tight yeah. but then I've made it and, and, and even then my raps were heavy heavy in, in political material and social material even then when I was spitting like more hardcore almost m- mostly violent type stuff at that time mm-hmm. it was it was political and social so back then people were like oh he's a gangster but he's educated and then as I got older and started to change yeah and then I, I got older and started to change and it was more in the like 
some hippie, not even just hippie, but just like outside the box, like non-categorical type music, you know what I mean? So the blending of that street element and the political and the social and the abstract and the psychedelic, like I think because I mash it all together in one and not even like on one tape, like I try to smash that all into one song. Yeah. Like try to make you catch all those vibes in one song. I think people are people aren't hip to it yet because they don't know how to stamp it. In, in this in this city, like you gotta not that you have to be, but most of the time you gotta be aligned with like one sound or one camp. They gotta have something to I like that one thing to identify you by. With with Wiz, it's it's uh, you know, the I mean I mean not that other rappers don't have it, but there's something specific about Wiz's weed element. With with Mac, it's I mean I mean it's changed over the years. He's becoming more like like raw type lyrical instead of like I, I, yeah, exactly. But but his energy is part of the the reason you listen to Mac. Whether it's the happiest or the happy shit, like the earlier shit or the shit that he's given now, it's it's the Mac vibe that he gives you. And I feel like I give you so much at once. People were like, "What is it?" You know what I mean? Like, like it's cool. Like I like it, but what box do I put it in? You know what I mean? And if I feel like a lot, here, if people can't put it in a box. A lot of times they don't know what to do with it because I've gone out to Orlando, Miami, New York, and other cities. Not to say that like I'm a, I'm a celebrity there or some shit, but for somebody who don't know anybody there, they they really take a liking to me and people hit me up and they tell me I, I can see you working with this person from my city because they get that like I could I could do so much and here people people. I mean, I mean, no, just the, the people I work with, but the type of collabs I get, they want me to stay in a certain lane. Or if it's another type of song, they're like, oh, well, I guess in their head, they're like, oh, Slum can't be on this. And then they hear me do my own song that's like more raw and aggressive. And they're like, all right, well, like what kind of rapper is he? You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's the main thing. They Here, as of yet, even though it's been a long time, I've been doing music in the city for a long time, they still don't know what box to put me in. And I think part of that is because I'm still evolving. Like, I, I still... I have more than one sound, but I still haven't honed that one. And not to say that you have to, but I think all artists, we're all working towards that one signature thing that we can just straight call us. Where we can have a track where it's like, oh, that's Charlie Slum. It doesn't sound like Charlie Slum, Nas influence, which it will be, you know what I mean? But to to where they can get to the point where they really sound like themselves. And I feel like I haven't reached that point, and the city hasn't even learned how to brand me before that. Now, now from the outside looking in on you, Okay. You have that signature because you just explained the signature. It's right. You condense everything. You're very condensed. It's um. I enjoy listening. To you. you know what I'm saying? Now, don't get mad at me. You remind me of a scribble style. Yeah. When you when you spit, you know, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. But yet. It makes sense. Yeah, I'm you know, I'm a scatterbrain all the way, man. Like, it, it is, but but it's not. Yeah, you right. Know, see, me personally, that's the type. I like an artist that makes me think. You know, I don't always just want you know the sliced bread. Like, okay, here we go. Right. You know, but you know, just with you, you know, I, I'm just like I said. You know, I've been following you for a while, and I see the moves that you're making. How you're so under the and I I enjoy it. Yeah. From fans perspective, yeah. like, they don't know about Charlie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah, they don't know. And, it, and and the funny thing is, to me, not to say that I'm like boastful, or I'm trying to be vindictive, but I see a lot of other people in the city around my level and et cetera, or even bigger than me, and I'm working with some people that they can't get in contact with. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm sitting there like, I mean, it's kind of funny to me because it's like, how am I still where I am? And then on the flip side, it's like y'all think y- y'all think y'all are so popping, but you know, there's still certain things you have to make. I feel like, I feel like, depending on what kind of artist you are, the gradual come up is better. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because if you can really build your fan base and everybody up from the ground up, and, and, and it's all like real personal type shit, and you've earned those fans personally on on a either on a personal level or a street level, like face to face, they know you, they see you out and about. I feel like those are the fans that really aren't going away. You know what I mean? Those aren't the industry generator ones that are fickle. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. But those fans aren't going to move on to the next thing. Not to say there's anything to listen to another rapper, but they're not going to try to say, oh, he's old, let's move on to the next trend. It's like, I like the dude's music, he's dope, I'm riding with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like even though you don't reap your benefits as fast that way, or you might not reap what you feel like you deserve right away that way, 
I feel like if you if you're doing the right things and you're really dedicated to what you're doing, then then things will work out for you on the gradual come up. And that's really what me and my team have been doing for a while. Like we've been making connections around here, other states, uh, the the UK, um, India. I, I did a collab with a kid named uh, MC Heem from New Delhi, mm -hmm. and uh, we're gonna be getting another track together for. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm not sure, I, I might change the name, but I'm thinking about like putting out a Fuck Stacey Dash part two, mm -hmm. just because I have so many songs for Fuck Stacey Dash. Okay, okay, let's, now, I only caught like some of it on Facebook. Yeah. I caught some of it, yeah. alright. What's up with you and Stacey Dash, huh? <laughs> so, with, with the Michael Brown situation, yeah. I normally, not, not to say that I don't care, and not to say I don't have an opinion, but I normally don't get involved on social media just because people have... A tendency to sensationalize what you say, take what you say out of context. I don't always. Every post that I, that I that I put up is not an invitation for everybody to just put like paragraphs of their opinions on it. You know yeah, what I mean? I, like, yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah, like like I mean, so, sometimes I'm in the mood for it. Like sometimes I'll, I I want to spark debate, mm -hmm. but other times like I'll just be cooling it. And there, I want I, I want nothing better to do. I'll be like washing clothes or some shit, and I'll just post what literally whatever I'm thinking at the moment. It doesn't even have to make sense, and often people will misinterpret it. So, with, with the whole fuck Stacey Dash thing, all right, Mike, Michael Brown dies and et cetera, something about the situation makes me want to kind of jump into it and give my opinion and my feelings. And I didn't get too deep into it, but I was ranting a little bit on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the rest of Twitter was going crazy with it, too, because this is like a few, four days after it happened, mm -hmm. right? As I'm looking down my timeline, whatever you want to call it, I see Stacey Dash has a tweet and it was something, don't, don't quote me, in, in the likes of people of Ferguson in, in, in the hard time that you're facing, here is this Carrie Underwood song to help you get through your struggles. And she had like added Carrie Underwood. There's like a link. She's, like, she, she's plugging this woman's music. Mm -hmm. She has the YouTube link. My, my, may or may not have been like an iTunes link in there, but she definitely added Carrie Underwood. Mm -hmm. And then one of her fans tweeted me and they said it was a gospel song that Carrie Underwood had covered. But it... Aside from the point, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with people Ferguson listening to Carrie Underwood or Carrie Underwood, but Stacey Dash being the person that she is, and, and not to say there's anything wrong with the person that she is, but she has very Republican, conservative, and not that it's the, not, not that they're synonymous, but very anti-black views for somebody who is black. You know what I mean? I guess. So, so so it's like well. From from what society? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't really like the, I don't even really view myself as a black person. Not to say that I'm afraid of my race, but to me, in my personal life, I don't look at people that way. But I do realize the society has put forth things that I have to realize my race. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There are too many things going on for me not to realize it. So I still feel like she has some anti-black views. So when she put that up, I was just like, you're, you're, you're trolling at this point, whether or not you realize you are. You're trolling a group of people with music that, not just like, like to, to reiterate, there's nothing wrong with it. Music they're probably never gonna listen to. Like, like Fer Ferguson's Three Fourths Black, they're going through a hard time that has to do with something racial. Why are you giving them a, 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 a song from a, from like a, a, a country artist and it's coming from you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I didn't post anything too intense. I was just like, please shut the fuck up. Thank you, that, that was my tweet. Uh, simple, you know what I mean? Like nothing too offensive. Other people tweeted shit like "bitch go die." You know what I mean? Like, like I, I didn't take it that far. You know what I mean? I was just like, L leave the situation alone. Like we don't need your input on this. You're not helping anything. Understand the intent. Even if the intent's good, you're not helping. So I told, please shut the fuck up. Thank you. She retweeted me, and the Stacy Dash Twitter army came after me. I got, I mean, I got like 50 followers like in the hour. I, I got, I got like 20 tweets saying. Oh well, I got like hippie in my description on my Twitter. They were like, "Oh, for some real great example of representing flower children." And people were like, uh, "What else? What else did people say?" They were like, "She's allowed to have her own opinion," and they were like, "Do you kiss your mother with that mouth?" Just a heap of stuff coming at me, and um, I don't know it. I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess it's kind of somewhat in the same vein because I felt like she was trying to benefit. Or, or she was trying to plug somebody else's music through the death of another. And even though it stems from that, I mean, I am a struggling artist and she's famous. So 
I'm, I mean, I, I talk about fuck her and, 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 I, and I bring some of the social and political reasons why I disagree with Stacey Dash aside from that tweet mm. in, in the mixtape. Mm. But the mixtape is somewhat lighthearted, like fuck Stacey Dash. Because not to be like all like, you know, all black people have to stick together because I think all people have to stick together in general, especially black people, but all people. But I'm not going to come like hard at any black woman, no matter what their stance is. I might disagree. I might even disagree in public, mm. but I'm not going to like attack you all day so it's kind of like lighthearted, like fuck people that have that sort of mind state the type of people that are afraid to eat watermelon in front of white people because they've been made to feel like something is wrong with that mm. you know what i mean white people don't apologize for eating pasta in front of us you know what i mean sure there, there is there is nothing wrong with eating watermelon watermelon is much healthier than their pasta will ever be and that's not like an anti-white trying to make it a black white but I'm trying to say fuck that mentality and Stacey Dash just happens to be the figure of the mentality for this mixtape. And, 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 I, and I mean all the things that she said in the past about race relations and how she's really just leaned to the side that, that I feel like is borderline hating her own people in some of her comments. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm really trying to say like fuck that mind state and kind of just try to add like somewhat of a comedic element. Like it's not all serious you know what I mean mm. like I feel like not, not to say I'm a comedian but lots You're a of rapper, man. You gotta be part comedian exactly exactly and, and, and lots of comedians made light of situations that were serious things you know what I mean not that they were making fun of that but they were allowing their audience to say you know we, we've, we've we've been affected by this we, we relate to this but we can get past it through a laugh you know what I mean but it, but it doesn't make you forget about it either because it's being addressed in the comedy yeah. so I felt like that was really the best way to go around it, to say fuck Stacey Dash and fuck that mentality, but not like go too hard on a woman that has the same color skin against me or a woman or a person of any matter, you know what I mean? Mm. Unless somebody like really attacks me, I'm not going to go at them hard, you know what I mean? And, and her thing was, I mean, she really did me a favor, so I'm not, I'm not gonna say fuck Stacey Dash too much. So you know what I mean? So basically, you took a book out of the page of Rahm Emanuel, and you know, because yeah. he said, uh, "Never let a good crisis go to waste." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, well, I think I think she took a book out of that page too, but hers stemmed from the death of a black teenager. My thing came from her doing that. You know what I mean? I I took a page from the same book, but in a different context than she used. You know what I mean? I I did it just to benefit off of her celebrity. She did it. To either have Carrie Underwood or herself benefit off of the death of this teen. Let's not forget that. He was 18. Mm -hmm. He's a big dude. But if, let's be honest, if it was a white kid, we would be saying a white teenager. Mm -hmm. they, they, they say young man, man, etc. But 18, he's still a teenager. Yeah, I know. You know, even though uh, he could die for his country, buy a house, and do things like that, you know, he's still uh, a kid. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Let me ask you this, fam. Out of anything you could be doing in your life, right? You heard the calling of hip hop, because I normally ask people this question. You heard the call and you answered, why? Well, what made you become Charlie Sloan? Um and what does Charlie Sloan mean? Um, well, I'll start off with the latter first. Um, my middle name is Charles. Mm. Um fun fact, it comes from my grandfather. Uh, on my mother's side that was the first black person drafted into the NBA. I don't talk about that often, but I figure we're doing this, so why not? Um, but yeah, my middle name is Charles. I fit, at the time that I named myself, and still today a little bit, I call myself Charles Slum like as a joke, you know what I mean? Or like mm -hmm. to make myself seem formal like in like high esteem on some songs. But I figured like for, for most purposes, Charles was too formal for rap. Especially at the time when, you know, I was... I was making my shift, but I was still like kind of rooted in I have to have a certain image to be a rapper. Like mm. I can't just all the way just be myself. You know, and in some songs I still do. Like I, I, I make a character out of myself where I'm either worse or better than I am. Mm. But it's still me being okay with being myself. I'm creating the story completely out of my own head, not thinking what people are gonna say. And there was a time where I didn't. But I named myself Charlie because of the formal issue. Mm -hmm. And then I was like. I want to put something under there that like represents like grit, grime, rawness, the underdog. And then I was like, you know, I, I speak for people that don't have a voice 
what, what people are those? You know what I mean? I was like, the people of the ghetto, Charlie Ghetto, doesn't sound right. People of the hood, Charlie Hood, sounds too, I don't know, sounds just too, too something. You know what I mean? Hood. Yeah, it sounds, <laughs> sounds too hood and sounds like a million other people have that name. Um, and then I was like, and this was even before Slumdog Millionaire came out. And I was like, I was, I was, I was really into like Brazil at that time and like favelas and shanty towns and mm. slums. You know what I mean? Mm. So I was like, Charlie Shanty, Charlie Favela. That shit, no, nobody's gonna know what the fuck that shit means. You know what I mean? Charlie Slum. It, it, it like, it just fit like a glove. You know what I mean? And it's, it's easy to remember too. You know what I mean? Like, and and and, and so a lot of times people, I just go by Slum. You know what I mean? Like, like people just say, oh. It gets slum on the track, you know what I mean? So it's, it's it sticks in your head. It's easy to remember. It gives you a certain image, like the Charlie. I kind of think makes it informal and friendly. So when you hear the name, it kind of feels like you know the guy. It's almost inviting. And then the slum gives you an idea of not what all, but it, at least where the perspective is coming from. You know what I mean? Because even though people might feel like some of my raps appeal more to like suburban white kids, which is unfortunate, because not to say that I don't make it for them too, but a lot of times it's targeted for people of the slums. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just that they've been conditioned not to listen to certain types of music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 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 on, on a mass scale. Not not like one guy is just in a, in a neighborhood saying don't listen to this, but systematically they've been told like sh my type of sh the, the shit that I make. Not to big up myself or say that my shit is gospel isn't cool. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, I, I do trap type of shit too, but the majority of my music is thought provoking. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I came up with that name because I figured it was easy to remember, it was inviting, and it gave you a good idea of what I'm about initially. You know what I mean? I figure your name has to get across what you're about, like quick. You know what I mean? So people say, oh yeah, the cat, Charlie Slum. You know what I mean? If you got a whack name, I, I mean, I mean Jay Z, Lil Bow Wow, lucky they got by. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if it would have been on name alone, them niggas would have never made it. I know. But uh, yeah. But uh, as far as as far as the first question, what uh, what made me go to hip hop? Uh, j jazz music was actually my first love, but I didn't want to be a jazz musician. I love the way that they express themselves, but I. Whether, whether it was too much of a challenge or whether I, it just didn't feel quite right, it, doesn't, it didn't have the right fit. Mm. I, I felt like it fit, but it didn't feel like per fit perfect. You know what I mean? Like football was the same thing. Like I got into sports, but it never really suited me perfect. I liked it, but I, I never loved it. And I was, I was almost turned off from hip hop for a while until my cousin died. And I went down to Florida for the funeral and I saw Biggie, Tupac, artists I was familiar with, but then I saw a lot of rappers I wasn't familiar with too. I saw like, I believe Big Pun was in his room. He wasn't a fan of Nas, but I think there was an AZ poster in there. You know what I mean? So I I started, and I looked up to him like a brother. Like, I, that really was the only person in my family other than my younger brother that I could consi consider to be a brother to me. And I guess, I guess trying to emulate him got me into a different vein of hip-hop. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then, and then I, and then I, and then I bought... I bought Stillmatic. Stillmatic was a CD that made me like really get serious about like trying to write my own. Cause I, I had written my own since I was like 11. Mm. Like like 10, 10, 11 years old, I was writing my own raps, but they were like cars, jewelry, you know what I mean? Like I, I was, I, was I, 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 I dug up some stuff I was talking about, like hanging out with Nelly, you know what I mean? Like shit, that, you know what I mean? I mean, I was a kid, you know what I mean? Like shit like that. I gotta go. <laughs> he, said, over. I, he said, I gotta go. But uh, but I heard Stillmatic, and then I was like, yo, this dude's a genius. So I heard Stillmatic, and I was like, well, I gotta get Illmatic. I heard Illmatic, and Stillmatic made me wanna rap, right? But I was like, I don't know how to piece shit together, you know what I mean? And I, I, I was, when I tried to, I sounded exactly like Nas. But uh, Illmatic, when I heard that, I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but I was like, yo, this cat is breaking down to the listener how to spit. Like, if you listen to Illmatic, you can learn how to rap from that album. Like, like maybe not even the same way as Nas, but like everything's done so I, I don't even know if he realizes it or if it was purpose or on purpose. Everything is like so technical as far as like the literary terms and I mean he's evolved as an MC, but every like like for how young he was and how raw everything was perfect. You know what I mean? So I listened to that and I was like 
anytime I would try to write my shit, I wouldn't try to sound like him, but his phrasing and the delivery and the punchlines, I was like, you know, and that's where I started, right? And then I started after that getting comfortable with my own shit. And at the time I was starting to get into like melodies, like half-ass singing, thinking I could sing. But through that, I started to blend my own sound together. And as I started to develop more opinions about the world we live in, I was like, this is how you do this. Like, like I got down the, the rhythm of it to an extent because I feel like nobody gets my flow because I, I rap like I'm have doom. Like, I still don't rap on beat, man. You see, see, the one thing about like when you spit, right? You're on beat, but you're just waiting for that, uh, but then you bring it right back. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it's like pushing it to the edge of exactly how far it can go and then pulling it back real quick and starting the new. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, I mean, you go, you go through comments, people are like, you're off beat. And it's like, but this word ends on this drum and that's how I wanted it to sound, you know what I mean? Like, that's how I wrote it, you know what I mean? So I realized that it might not go with the beat that you have in your head or the way that you would spit to it or expect a rapper to spit to it. But, I mean, people might not catch on to it, but I, I feel like that's one of the things that's gonna make me stick out. Like, not too many people rap with the same rhythm that I do, you know what I mean? Like, and and and, and that's a, and that's another thing. Um, that's that, that that's that's another thing about like really like honing the sound perfectly because that's the thing that I still experiment with you know what I mean like I feel like when MF Doom writes his shit for how abstract the flow is I, I don't know but I don't feel like he goes back and he's like yo are people going to take to this you know what I mean it's, it's Doom he's like I write this shit I'm done you know what I mean it's just dope you know what I mean and I'm still somewhat in the stage as far as flow not as far as subject material but I'm like are people going to take this the right way or like are they going to get it you know what I mean? But I, I feel like I'll get to a point where I'll be so comfortable, I'll be like, I don't give a fuck if people get it or not, and then people will start to understand the flow at that point. You know, like, the flow, as a former rapper, right, like, um, I didn't like rhyming. Okay. Because, like, at the time, like, rhyming was just so rhyming. Yeah, um, yeah. So what I, what I did, I stopped rhyming. Right. Now, when I did that, that threw cats off. Yeah. Ooh, they was like, fuck this, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I would use words that sound alike. Right. But um. And, and I love that. I love that. And even some of my group members, they're like, yo, bro, like, it sounds dope, but something's off because, like, this shit does not, like, like certain certain songs, shit don't rhyme. And I'm, I like that, you know what I mean? Because I feel like it's challenging that person's yes, mind yes, and vocabulary. Yes, like. Like, like pe people like what they're used to, but for the type of person I am, when you give me something I'm not used to, even if it's not that dope, I'll still gravitate to it at least to check it out, you know what I mean? At least to see what it's about, and even though I realize I have to make music for other people at least if you want to be successful, you know what I mean? Still got to make it for yourself, you know what I mean? And in my head, always going with the wor word that rhymes with it, even if it's a more complex word, you know what I mean? Always going with the rhyme is, is kind of a cop-out. You know what I mean? Like, you're not challenging yourself as an artist. Because you switching that word, you, you, you changing that last word of the bar to a word that half rhymes or somewhat rhymes is going to challenge your next bar to, like, be even nuttier. So that next bar might even rhyme better with the first word you use in the third. And then it's all going to sound so unique. You know what I mean? It's going to sound different from another rapper that's, you know, it's rhyme, da 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 da, -da rhyme, da 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 rhyme. It's lyrical chest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you really do it right, you know, you may have like a, your first word, okay, but then at the end of the eighth bar, the first word that you started with, the one at the eighth rhyme, but yet all in between that, it yeah. all made sense because like, um, like the one thing that I dug about not rhyming was, I had to think and it made me I really had to make sense when ex I wrote. Ex ex exactly. That's another sense. thing. The rhyming can trap you sometimes. The rhyming can really trap you. And when I was younger, I was always trying to f find the rhyme. But what I would do is to separate myself from what I thought other rappers were doing when they were writing is find a big word that rhyme with it. But it, it you'll, you'll get trapped in it. And sometimes, no matter how big it is, it's still going to sound almost just like the word that you were just using. You know what I mean? So I get bored with that shit after a while. You know what I mean? Not to say there's anything wrong with it. You know what I mean? But I, I get bored with it. So so like you're saying, the, the not rhyming your words perfectly or sometimes, like, on my last bar, I like doing it not at all sometimes. You know what I'm like? Completely throwing the listener off. Like, it's my last bar, so it's not like 
I got another one coming that's gonna have to match up with it. So my last bar, I'll say some shit that's like different flow, different rhyme scheme than the rest of it, and people like, you know what I mean? But I like that shit, you know what I mean? But then, it's like being a director, and and like it's it's it's, it's allowing the Sopranos to close, like just bam, you know what I mean? Go all black. Like like I, I like that shit. It's it's, it's the control and creative exp in in creative decisions that I like, you know what I mean? But see, here's the beautiful thing, like, once you step outside the rhyming box and you paint, you know, your picture with that, but then when you come back to rhyming, yeah. it's almost like, I don't know, it's fun again. It's fun to, like, hit those rhymes, you know, and then it's, it's funny. your rhymes get more exquisite. It's funny that you say that because, I mean, I, like I said, I've, I've recently, I mean, I've always done it, but... It, I'm, I'm getting more experimental with my rhymes, so I've had a moment where, just like yourself, I've been trying to break away from rhyming. And then, I don't know if you saw the one track I got, Lips Crusty, it's over uh, the Joey Badass song, Big Dusty. Mm -hmm. It's uh, pretty new. I got back to rhyming on that, but I got like to my big word shit, but I didn't want to just do big words. So like, if you listen to it, it's like, did it rhyme, did it, did it rhyme, like, like, like there's internal rhymes, double rhymes, like like there's so many rhymes stacked in, like part like whole bars rhyme with each other, like you know what I mean? Like so like when I did that, it was like, alright, if I'm gonna rhyme, motherfucker, I'm really gonna rhyme, you know what I mean? Like I'm gonna go all the way. So I feel like challenging yourself like that, even when you return to a different style, you're gonna challenge yourself more because you've been doing some abstract shit and you're gonna find a way or try to find a way to make what you were doing before even more abstract than it was, but somewhat in the same vein. You know what I mean? So that's what I try to do. Like, like either halfway rhyme, not rhyme at all, or rhyme so much that like the whole shit just sounds like a maze. You know what I mean? Like you gotta go back and rewind ten times. You know. So basically, you like to make the listener think. You I, like to make the listener experience. Even if it's not about their life, like literally, just think. I, I mean, not to say that I do, but I could not be saying shit, and I want my rhyme schemes to make you think, like, you know what I mean? Like, but but the goal is for the words to make you think, for the way I say it, because I'm, I'm really heavy on that. Like, some of some of my group members, not that, not that this is like a big issue, but they're like, yo, like, and not that I even, like, make them that loud in my music. They're like, yo, why do you put so many ad-libs and voiceovers and stacks in your shit? And I, put, I normally put them down real low because I want my voice to sound pretty much natural. I want you to really get my main vocal. But there's times where, you know, because of breath control or just the way I'm rhyming at the time, I can't make my voice sound three different ways at once, you know what I mean? So I can give you my main vocal, which sounds more like my normal voice or whatever type of, you know, aggression I'm approaching the track with. And then I'll give, I'll give one voiceover which is me more hyped up and you know what I mean like a little bit higher pitched and then one that's real low so if I have a bar where I want to make the listener feel menacing yet straightforward and you know you know I, I can capture all of that you know what I mean so it's more than just the way I write I want I want to grab the listener as make them think about you know as far as emotion from my voice as far as the motion what I say the, the actual subject material think about their own life think about how many different meanings there are to what I say because it can always be interpreted in different ways but sometimes what I picked up from MF Doom is when I write things I write them with the intention of them being interpreted even more than two ways sometimes like you know there's wordplay where things can mean two different things and I I've, I've, I really love Doom because he has this way of writing these mysterious bars that don't even sound like punchlines initially but if you go back and listen they're like the deepest punchlines that can have like 20 meanings you know what i mean like and it's and it's really up to the listener depending on the listener's experience what they mean to you so i've tried to take that and make it my own somehow so i try to get across my message in so many ways other than just what i'm writing and what i'm saying you know it's the tone of voice it's it's everything you know what i mean well let me ask you this are you uh into uh esoteric uh, theories and things like that oh I, I can't I, I went through a time in my life where I got really deep into a lot of philosophies can't really say religions but I, I studied them you know what I mean I've studied all the different religions over my lifetime but I've, I've gotten to a point now where I'm, I mean I kind of call myself a hippie jokingly but I don't I don't really delve into anything completely you know what I mean I can't really say that I'm into anything really other than hip-hop you know what I mean hip-hop 
is, is the one thing but but I have all types of ideologies I've, I've, I've dove into and at one point some of them I, I, I was I was heavy into Let's see this is why I ask all right because now you just explained how you're crafting your rhymes and the layers right all right now the one thing about an artist such as yourself even though you speak to the fans you do it for yourself have you ever wrote say something in the past that you just thought was shits and giggles yeah but then all of a sudden it manifested in your life has that ever happened to you i mean a, a lot of rhymes a lot of rhymes that i wrote like like, like, like I said, I was just cleaning up my house and I found a lot of rhymes that I wrote as a kid. And I mean, some of the shit, like I said, like hanging out with Nelly was was goofy shit. Okay. But but then I had uh, I had other ones where I was like predicting my and, and not to say like like hold myself in such high regard, but kind of predicting myself to be like the father of a style. You know what I mean? And not that I'm there yet, but that's really what. I've been trying to do at least for this generation. You know what I mean? Not to say that what I'm doing has never been done before, but I mean, I mean, I mean, certain things I've said in rhymes as a child and even recently. You know what I mean? Have like kind of come to light and come to fruition. Um, as far as uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is like something little, but it's like the first example that pops up in my head. I got a, uh, I got a song with uh, Billy Pilgrim called Diamond Castles. And uh, I just got a little line on there where I said, from the burg to the shy, we making Illinois. You know what I mean? Like Illinois, like Illinois. But uh, I don't I don't know anybody from Chicago. Like two weeks later, some some cat from Chicago hits me up, video director. And, and, and this is wild because I got I got a st whole story to go along with this. Because it's it's, it's, oh, it's, story, it's, it's crazy how it's mapped out. This is real rap. And this is like this is like in the works. This is like exclusive information. Um I'm, I'm sitting there and this dude hits me up on Twitter. He's like, yo, I, I really rock with your music. I'm a video director from Chicago. I'm going to be moving to Pittsburgh soon. And he was like, uh, I, I just kind of want to help you get yourself out there. He's like, I just want to help you make videos. He's like, I'll do videos for you for free. Check out the dude's catalog. Dude makes like quality videos. It's not like somebody who just got a camera that's just trying to help me out and whatever. You know what I mean? Like dude has his own like market set up, you know? So I hang out with dude, he comes out to uh, me and Bones' studio and uh, the, the videos I've seen from him are a guy named Solar5 out in Chicago. Dude makes pretty, pretty, it's, it's, it's substantial, but it's like chill. It, it, it'll make you think, but it's like real mellow type. Like everything seems to be, from what I've heard, really mellow. And uh, the dude Solar5 seems kind of cool. And there's, there's an artist out in Chicago, Mick Jenkins, that I've been listening to a lot. And dude's like, to me, like, he's gonna be one of the next big things in hip hop. Like I see him, at least talent-wise, being like the next Kendrick, if not greater, you know what I mean? Comes, come, come, come to find out that this dude Solar5 is in Mick Jenkins' group. They got a group called On Guard. Now Mick Jenkins is getting like really big, like aside from me just thinking he's dope. Like it's not like somebody I just dug up out of nowhere. Like dude has over like two, three million views on YouTube, whatever. We've been trying to get a little collaboration going. Now with the director being cousins with Solar5, who is a member of Mick Jenkins' group, who we have been trying to find a way to get in contact with to get a collaboration going. Like, it's just weird how that bar, I spit that bar, I don't know nobody in Chicago, or, or Illinois for that matter. I get I get hit up by dude. Dude is cousins with an artist from Chicago, which right then and there, I was like, let's, let's I heard dude's music, I like it. I was like, let's connect, let's expand my music to Chicago, let's expand yours to Pittsburgh, you know, it, get our fan bases accustomed with each other and then I find out the dude that we've been searching for like like after the ski beats thing we're like all right what's our next move you know what I mean and we're trying to find moves that are financially doable for us but are still actual moves you know what I mean not, not just doing something for the fuck of it or, or doing something with somebody our level not to say that there's anything wrong but I'm really not a fan of paying for anything of somebody that's at my level you know what I mean like unless it's like whack like like Mac or Wiz, I'm not really trying to pay for a local collaboration because I feel like everybody's right around the same level as me. But this dude Mick, it, it's just weird how it all materialized through this string of things. And it, I mean, I mean, not to say that it did, but it's just odd that I put that song out and right afterwards, you know what I mean? Like a, a week, two weeks afterwards, dudes hitting me up. Like it's it it's 
and, and that's just like a coincidental type of thing but there have been things like that all through my life and all through the music that I've always written that have like come out of it so it's music not to not to sound lame or for lack of a better word music has like a sort of magic to it you know what I mean like it really does man see what well, you know back to my point you're layering things see when I listen to you now I gotta listen to you a couple of times. I just can't get everything you say right, at right. once, right? But the reason why I asked that question because it's so layered, and I know when you get on the mic and you speak, you influence people. I try to. Okay. Yeah. But the most important person you influence is self. You're having a conversation with yourself. Right. Right. When you're in that booth, it's only you and the mic. Right. Right. So basically, I mean, that's like you talking to the mirror. You right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, because I notice you speak certain things, the universe will bring what you talk. Right, back to you. Yeah. You know, especially if you have a conviction for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's almost, and, and you know, dare I say, it's uh, spiritual. You know what, man? I, and, and I mean, I, I, I wish it came from like more things I said in the music, but I talk on, I talk on cannabis heavy because even aside from, you know, getting baked or whatever, because of certain people in my family, it has to be used as a medicine. I'm not gonna expose those certain people, but I have a lot of people close to me that have life-threatening and somewhat debilitating diseases where I myself prepare, you know, food grade and medical grade extracts for them, right? And I, I'm very serious about that because I've seen what it can do for my, for my family members. Like, even aside from how I feel, what I do with it in my personal life, I've seen what people very close to me, how, how they benefit, benefited from it. And I put it in my music a lot in that same sense, in either a medicinal, spiritual, or scientific sense. And the people that have contacted me about learning things about cannabis through the music, like, like not, not Facebook posts or whatever, like, like actually like learned things that they didn't have to go look up in a book through the music about cannabis or or uh, they, they felt like this was something that they had to keep in the closet or at least how, how into it they were was something that they had to keep from others because others would think that they, they're obsessed. Like, I feel it should be treated like any other plant, like any other flower. Nobody would care if I was studying daffodils, you know what I mean? If daffodils had, had a ton of me medical purposes, you know what I mean? So all the people that have came to me about that and even some people that have, that have been like, hey, like, I never heard about can of butter or wax until you talked about it in your music and my mom has this disease and I looked up on the internet how to do this and now I make it for her and now she's driving again. You know what I mean? Like people have sent me messages like that. Like like there was a dude that hit me up on my music Facebook from Ohio. I, I didn't do it because I, I, didn't know the, I didn't know the brother but he's like, hey man, like I really like your music and some of the stuff you said has gotten me through a really tough time. My buddies and I are going skydiving. We live in Ohio. We'll come pick you up and take you with us for free and we'll, and we'll smoke you up. And I was like, wow, like I really appreciate that. <laughs> Motherfuckers might, might murder me, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, might, I might be in Ohio and never come back. <laughs> but, but it's just like the, the people that have come to me to say like, hey, your music has taught me this or made me feel like I had somebody else that felt the same way about this that I do. And it's a shame that it only has really happened on a large scale with cannabis. But I feel like it, it's still good that people are finding something that relatable that they feel like it's helping them get through the day or it's actually giving them something for their life that they can apply and give to themselves or a family member physically. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 materialized itself physically. I, I, it, it's a great feeling, you know what I mean? And then, and then there are people that hit me up like, yo, you do all this, you do all this weed talk. When you first started rapping, you didn't do it that much. Now I feel like you're getting lost in the sauce. And it's like, no, man, I'm just not as depressed as I was when I was that young, man. I mean, yeah, I had a couple weed lines, but they were in the middle of talking about, like, blowing my brains out and shit like that. Like, like y'all should be happy. Like, I understand some people might feel like there's not that to relate to anymore. But I feel like for the people that listen... I mean, not to say that they should do whatever I'm doing in my life, but maybe maybe that should tell you, like, if you're the same age as me and you've grown with the music, that you need to try to reach a point in your life to, to, to get you happier and not dwell on the bad experiences so much. You know what I mean? Because I got that all off my chest, and now I feel like, for the most part, it's done with. And I still touch base on that, and I still make music for those people. But you're not in that 
I'm not in that space anymore. You know what I mean? Because like I said, I've seen... No, seriously, dude. I've been watching you for a while. Yeah. I've seen growth. Yeah. You know, I see, like, these doors. Oh, because, like I said, I, I observe. I'm like, how the fuck is he doing this? Yeah. You, you knew shit. Um, when you uh, shot it up in New York. Yeah. We went all through NY, man. We went like How's he doing this? every neighborhood, dude. Every na first, first when we got there, we went like every neighborhood on foot mm -hmm. to like scope out what we wanted to shoot. Then, that by the way, that video was like one of the most frustrating things I've ever got done in my life. Now that it's all said and done, and I'm not gonna really throw shade on anybody. I'm not even gonna say the name specifically. If any listeners want to find out, they could dig it up. The director of that. He didn't, he didn't like rob us or nothing, but holy shit did this motherfucker do us dirty. Like, oh man, we, we did, uh, honestly, as big of a move as that was for us, like that's our biggest move, so we didn't think I was gonna come out. There was a time when we didn't think that shit was gonna come out. Like we, we shot that, we shot that December, December 4th, 2013. And, and you just saw it how long ago? Uh, what about two months? Is it been two months? About two, two and a half months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That was, and like, and like, we 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 only got it that early because we bugged the shit out of this man. I talked about. I mean, I'm I'm not really going to try to take nothing to court, but that there was there was some other things we were thinking about doing. <laughs> I'm not even going to speak on And then I was talking about like filing something on PayPal Like I haven't received my shit For, for said services You know what I mean So I'm, I, that, that, that was a real rough patch But as far as, as far as the moves we make man It's just It's just dedication You know what I mean Like we We annoy people You know what I mean That we want to get in contact with You know what I mean We, we really We keep on bugging them and, and we try to I mean, even though we all do this all on our on, on our own, we don't have any managers or nothing. We try to be as professional as three young artists that have little to no media training or, inter, or industry training, you know, can, can do. You know what I mean? We try to do it as well as we can. But that's classic American uh, entrepreneurship. And and, and 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 honestly, man, I'm I'm 23 years old now, and it's reached a point where like I've had some situations where I could have been waiting for handouts, and some of them. I, I don't even know if, if they have or haven't fell through, but I can't wait on it, you know what I mean? So it's just like, while I'm sitting here waiting for, I mean, I've never been a fan of handouts anyway, but if somebody tells me they're going to do something for me and they're in a position to do so, go on, kind of listen, you know what I mean? But it's like, if, if, if I'm going to be waiting this long, while I'm sitting here waiting, I could be mixtape, promoting, out of town, you know what I mean? So I was like, why wait? If, if, if they have something for me on the table after I'm done, working you know in the meantime then cool and if they don't i have all this work where i build up my own shit you know what i mean so the the whole thing man i i think at least for me it's self-sufficiency like there was a time when i hated going to studios because i was getting charged and often shit wasn't sounding the way i wanted it to sound like like i mean i mean I don't know. It, 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 it was just I was running into a brick wall as far as far as recording and all types of other shit, getting shows. And then I was, I was like, buy your own record material. There was a time where I used to try to depend on people to record me, like with my recording material. Learn how to record it. You know what I mean? I, I learned how to. I got I got past that. All right. Well, how do I mix it down? Learn how to mix it down. You know what I mean? Um, now we're in the stages where. I mean, I mean, I mean, there, there are people I definitely like, but as far as directors, there's a lot of directors I don't like in the city as well, and a lot of them have this douchebag mentality where they think that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. So fuck it, do do your own videos. Like I am trying to get to the point where me and my team are so self-sufficient, like nobody can overlook us anymore because they're like, yo, those motherfuckers do everything we do, and they have no one supporting them. Everything said in this uh, podcast, interview, hangout, is that a Charlie Slum and Dan status? Yeah, you can find Charlie on Twitter, Twitter, Charlie Slum 412. Yep, you can find him on Facebook. Yeah, Guess Facebook. where? Charlie Slum, aka Cameron Bell. Duh. Find his music.
music, charlieslump.bandcamp.com. This song right here, off his album, F. Stacy Dash. I wouldn't mind doing it though, but I'm just saying, this song right here, Thomas, it's about his grandfather. The song's real. Respect, Charlie. The life. Peace, God. This is where time and gravity meet. I still remember the man that held my hand across the street. And I know that every day is on the script, all the street. But when you look defeated, I'ma help you on your feet. I was right there by your side when you fell incomplete. Well, somebody gotta do it, guess that fella is me. But still, don't nobody know the trouble I see. Probably cause I lack emotion, I can rub on my sleeve. All the lost credit cards and forgotten IDs. They only brought us closer to point us I mean. And I won't let you get down, can't help your disease. A prisoner. Of your memory, lost in the breeze You make every moment golden, the ones that I seize I kiss you on your forehead, hugging, I squeeze And it hurt when I ask you, hand over the keys Only promise in this life that there's no guarantees I'ma walk you right through it, so stiff in the knees More water, less sugar, and we doubled on greens But this life's a crazy picture in Picasso fashion painting Colorful splashes, I love you to ashes Confusion sets in, you're adrift in your mind There's a lifetime of pain that you're leaving behind But you know I got you pop, no second thoughts, you'll be fine Everything is so uncommon, and all at one time You just go and be a soldier, swallow your pride Cause you did this shit before, it's all part of the climb Know the day we lost grace, that's the day your soul died Nigga lied to myself when he said he won't cry But I never forget you for the rest of my life Get you tatted on my rib cage next to your wife That was just another tear that I shed on the mic But pop on the real, let me remind you, you're white Grandma, I got this pain within, but I'll do anything just to see your face again. And you know pop ain't safer in no hands. Y'all raise me, now I'm raising him. Grandma, I got this pain within, but I'll do anything just to see your face again. And you know pop ain't safer in no hands. Y'all raise me, now I'm raising him.